Hi. Hi. I kind of feel like we have a, there's not a lot happened, but I feel like we have a lot to talk about. I agree. I think we should start with this thing you just sent me on Instagram. The cover of Out Magazine, that's their faces for fall. Yeah. What is that? That Okay, so in their defense, I do understand one of them. Well, Amanda's gay. Well, okay, so there's Amanda, but then Casey Cott, I get because he plays a gay character on Riverdale. And Riverdale is coming back in the fall. So I'm like, oh, okay. I can like kind of understand that. But what I don't understand is Anthony Ramos. He plays a gay character in A Star is Born. What I don't understand is if they're picking their like queer faces for fall, why don't they pick like queer faces? Yeah, because I mean, okay, Amandla, but then just surrounded by two straight dudes who both play gay characters in TV and movies, like I... It, it's just like not what I expect from Out Magazine. They're usually good. Like I read this article that they posted the other day about non-binary dating. I don't know. And like they have like the Out 100 and like usually they're pretty decent, especially because Out is so like widely, I, I don't want to say widely read, but it's like more read than like other gay publications, I want to say. I think it's definitely the biggest gay magazine. Yeah. I don't know. It just makes me mad. Yeah. But I mean, this is also a good segue into The Jungle Cruise. What? Uh, everything with like the Jungle Cruise with What's-His-Face. I have no idea what you're talking about. Are you talking about the Disney thing? Yeah. The movie's called The Jungle Cruise? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the movie is based off of a ride in, I want to say it's in Disney World. Oh, okay. There's no plot. It's literally just a ride through the jungle. <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, it's the one, I mean, Disney stands get at me if I'm wrong, but in Disney World, there are two jungle excursions. There's one that takes you through like basically a zoo where you see all these like live animals and stuff and you drive up to them and it's actually really fun. And then there's another one where you get in just like a boat and you go through this like man-made jungle that um, has all these like animatronic animals in it. And it's really boring and awful, but like you end up riding it every time you go. And I think that that's the ride that this is based off of just to give some backstory but so this week we learned that jack whitehall is playing disney's first well okay disney's first like actively gay character like openly confirmed gay character right so basically it became like a huge thing and everybody's talking about it i didn't Um, even see the announcement the first time i heard about it was from tweets of people being upset yeah because as we all know jack whitehall is very straight had you heard of him before this yeah he was in he's in Mother's Day. As who? He plays, oh, he's the one that's with Britt Robertson. Oh. Huh. Yeah, deep cut into Mother's Day, but <laughs> that's where I know him from. And like, he's a comedian. So he's like been around like the late night talk show circuit and stuff like that. Okay, so obviously this is not a good thing, but I, so there are two interesting things that I want to bring up with you. Okay. Because I feel like we end up talking about like straight actors playing other characters a lot. On one side of things, I'm like, oh, good. Disney has like taken a note and is going to have like a a gay character in it. Cool. However, he's supposed to be this like foppish character. He's a fun, a fet young man who quote, makes clear he has no interest in women. Hugely a fet, very camp and very funny. A feat, but yeah. A feat. Oh, interesting. I'm reading a quote that says it's a dream role. Oh, this is from him, Mr. Whitehall. It's a dream role. Disney's always been incredibly supportive of the LGBT community. The 
this latest script set at a time when it is socially acceptable to be gay is another significant turning point. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that sort of shows the problem right there that he's like, it's set in a time when it's socially acceptable to be gay because that's really sort of ignorant of the fact that in a lot of places it's not. And yeah. yeah, I think it's a very sort of straight viewpoint to be like, there's no discrimination anymore. So it's cool to have a gay character. Mm -hmm. And so this kind of like sparked this big conversation online where suddenly I feel like everybody's coming out of the like woodwork to talk about how horrible this is. It was interesting because I was like, okay, yeah, 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 we've had this conversation. But what got me is then they started bringing Love, Simon into it because the actor who plays Simon in Love, Simon is straight and people were kind of combating it with like, right, this is a good conversation to have, but where were you all when Love, Simon came out? And I was like, well, that's an interesting point. And I kind of see both sides fit because on one side it's like right there is no difference between this movie and that movie casting wise but the other side of things is that this is I'd say a historic move for Disney and then to put a straight man in it just kind of like negates it well but also Love Simon was written by a gay person oh right because the book was a straight woman but then oh let me see it was either written or directed by a gay person screenplay by Elizabeth yeah. Berger and Direct Isaac Apepia directed by Greg Rilanti listen this Isaac kid who wrote it looks really cute. But it was directed by a gay man. Which you've said multiple times, it's all in Who Tells the Story. Yeah. So who, I wonder who's directing Jungle Cruise. Oh, I don't know how to say this. Oh, yeah, me neither. Joe, Joe May Colette Sarah. Oh, he directed The Shallows. Wow. So I trust him. <laughs> Is he um, straight? Oh, it was written by someone who wrote I Love You, Philip Morris. Oh. Glenn Fashira. And then the other writer wrote Logan Blade Runner 2049 and was a producer on Heroes. One of the parts that's also making me nervous is that I feel like I'll have to see the character because a lot of the descriptions of the character make me think that it might, it could be offensive. Yeah. But I don't know if it's like, because there's no backstory to the movie, even though it's based off the ride, it's like, it, it could just be like a very campy movie and he just is campy in it. Or it's like The Rock and Emily Blunt kicking ass and and then there's this like campy like joke of a gay man behind them who's played by a straight guy because that like literally nobody wants to see that. Going back to what you were saying about Love, Simon, I think it's kind of annoying to be like, well, where were you when Love, Simon came out? Because I mean, first of all, people were annoyed when Love, Simon came out. But also I think there's a huge difference between a big studio film that has no queer people involved at all, just sort of throwing in a campy gay side character played by a straight guy versus like a movie that is directed by a gay man about like centering on more than one queer character with other queer actors in it. I personally get annoyed when people are like all that matters is that a queer actor plays a queer character and I'm like well there's a big difference between a queer actor playing a queer character in a movie that is completely made by straight people and a straight person playing a queer character in a movie that is made by queer people and I think the second one is usually better representation because I think a lot of people forget that actors are not the only people involved in making movies. <laughs> yeah. And like a queer character written by a queer person played by a straight actor is going to be more true to life than a queer character written by a straight person played by a queer character. Like yeah. that's a huge generalization, but I, I just like from having seen movies of both kinds, like that just is the general thing that I've seen because there then are going to be people 
people on set saying like, you know, this is how this like able to help the straight person understand versus like the queer actor who might have to like just sort of go with what the straight writer and director are doing. Mm -hmm. And I wish if people were going to take on this issue, they would focus more on like removing the barriers that exist to stop queer people in general from getting roles and for trans people in general for getting roles because it's similar but also very different from an issue that is my sort of like passion cause which is getting disabled actors disabled roles where people are like well maybe they auditioned disabled people but the best person for the role was an abled person and it's like well maybe they auditioned queer people but the best person for the role is a straight person the issue is actually the fact that like queer and trans people and then disabled people and people of color face systemic barriers in like education and ability to go to a fancy art school and ability to like work for free which a lot of straight white rich abled people have and I think that should be the focus rather than like this one Disney movie that cast a straight guy and it the conversation should be like why was this straight white guy able to get in the door at Disney and the like hundreds of queer and trans and actors of color and disabled actors weren't right while you were talking about that I pulled up the information that's available on IMDb about the Batwoman series to see who that's being written and directed by it's a lesbian right I don't know there's no information on IMDb no I remember when we talked about it first that we said that the showrunner was a lesbian oh is she yeah I think so because well that's another thing that happened this week right speaking of casting is Ruby Rose quit Twitter which the Batwoman series is executive produced by Greg Berlanti who directed Love Simon who's a gay man and Caroline Dries who is a lesbian okay great but yeah Ruby Rose left Twitter I think it's hilarious that um that's a political statement yeah (laughs) because if I left Twitter no one would say anything (laughs) but as soon as Ruby Rose does it's a huge thing I also think it's funny because we don't know when she left Twitter it was just like all of a sudden people couldn't find her profile anymore and they were like oh she's gone maybe she just lost her phone and it just deleted Twitter yeah (laughs) I wonder does she have any other social media I think she has Instagram right Ruby Rose Instagram yeah she does oh and she has a story oh it's just the the Meg okay oh her most recent post was from four days ago and her story is just the trailer for the Meg so maybe she's not even running her social media oh okay listen to this the complaints about the casting of Miss Rose included assertions that she is not a lesbian is not Jewish and does not have the acting skills to play the role I definitely agree with the third one (laughs) (laughs) she says she's baffled by the first statement which I agree like everyone knows she's a lesbian she posted on Twitter before she deleted her account that she came out at 12 and spent the last five years being told she was too gay for certain roles how do y'all flip like that I didn't change I didn't know that people were saying that she wasn't a lesbian like she very much is that's like her thing I want to I don't know how to say this not apologize and not validate but I just want to bring something up when we were talking about this last week you were like no lesbians actually like her Mm -hmm. and I was like really and then you explained it and then I was like you know like I still don't believe that because she's so well known and she's in Orange is the New Black and she has all these things there has to be lesbians that like her and before I even saw the like her leaving Twitter stuff all I could see across like Tumblr and and Twitter were bisexual women and lesbians being like did the CW just Google lesbian actress and Ruby Rose came up so they picked her like why do they keep putting her in things and like we're saying all these comments on how the lesbian community doesn't like Ruby Rose and I was like oh wow this is more than just Jay got it yeah no I I wasn't just like talking out of my ass lesbians don't like Ruby Rose yeah which still surprises me okay so Christine Hallquist 
first. She's the Democratic nominee for governor of Virginia. She's the first trans woman ever to be nominated for governor by a major party. Right. Yes, I did see this. Or not Virginia, Vermont. Yeah. I was reading the New York Times thing, like the New York Times article about her. And literally the first half of the article is just being like, she's trans. She's trans. Have you heard? She's trans. And they don't mention her policies until like halfway through the article, which I was a little bit like, come on, New York Times. Let's get it together. And because she's running on like a really cool platform. She ran on like Medicare for all and a bunch of like really progressive things, but they don't mention anything except her being trans until let's see the 10th paragraph. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting because I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about how slowly over the years policy gets less and less airtime in the news. I don't know how to say it, but like the news of the government or like political news is more focused on the person and the drama and like the headline of it as opposed to like actual policy. So it doesn't surprise me that that's what the New York Times did. I'm excited for her. I can't wait to see what happens with her in the general election. Yeah, it's cool that all these people in the LGBTQ plus community are kind of popping up all over the country as if they were never there before. But it's nice to be like, oh, cool. This isn't just like a city East Coast thing, like queer people in politics. Yeah. Alexandra Chandler is a formal naval intelligence analyst who is running in Massachusetts third district. So that's just another thing from the New York Times. Speaking of politics, did you, I mean, you obviously did see the thing, but I think it's hilarious. The the thing about the lipstick with your favorite politician. Oh, what's her, what's her name? Your favorite politician? Who the really hot one? Oh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Are you talking about when her lipstick sold out? Yes. That happened two months ago. It did? I read about yeah. it this morning. <laughs> That happened, like, right after she won her primary. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Let me see. Did anything else happen? Well, the only thing I have found noteworthy this week is that Cara Delevingne and Ashley Benson are officially dating. Ashley Benson. From Pretty Little Liars. Oh, interesting. Not the one who played the lesbian. Right. A different one. And I didn't even know she was queer until they, like, officially confirmed it. Huh. She was also in Spring Breakers. Oh, now I can picture her. Oh, wait, Um, she was wasn't out until now. Oh, she just came out? <laughs> oh, this article starts, remember 2014 when everyone was obsessed with Cara Delphine? <laughs> Oh, no. I do remember. Oh, Ashley Benson had never, like, publicly dated a woman before. So good for her. Kara keeps pulling people out of the closet. Oh, we didn't talk about, oh, what's his face? Lucian. Who? Lucian Winrich. Wintrich. Who is that? He was the leader of Twinks for Trump. What? Yeah. Basically lost his job (laughs) because he guested on a white supremacy podcast. Oh, my God. Yeah. So easy to not do those things. Yep. It's also easy to, you know, not support Trump, but yeah. But okay, so that's it. Okay. (laughs) That very important issue. (laughs) Well, we, you know, we should tell everybody. Oh, yeah. So who wants to say it? So what do we have coming up next week? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Next week. We will not have our normally scheduled Monday episode, but there will still be a one last thing, I assume. I Yeah, I, I hope. <laughs> and then Monday the 28th. The 27th. The, yep, Monday the 27th will be our season three finale. And it's going to be super sized. Yeah, it is. It's also so cool. And I already tell it's going to be a really great episode. Yeah, it's already 100 minutes long. So stay tuned. <laughs> I'm really excited for this episode. I think it's going to be really sweet and nice as opposed to this week's episode which was just yeah all porn so yeah we will miss you on monday and 
instead you can go follow us at one more thing on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. And we'll be posting up a storm next week. In the meantime, there's no time like next week to catch up on all of the episodes you may or may not have listened to. Yeah, that's true. Instead of listening to a new episode next week, just catch up on the ones you haven't heard. Yeah. If you've heard all the episodes, just next week tweet about how much you miss us. Oh yeah, that'll do it. And then then maybe we'll come back with a big finale. Yeah, maybe. You have to clap to get us to relive. <laughs> like a bitter band. Yeah, we're Tinkerbell. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna go take a shower now. All right. So I will, I'll see you this Sunday, but I'll talk to you later. You'll see me on, why are you seeing me on Sunday? Oh, right. Yes, got because, it. Because, yes, oh, I guess it. we should say that as well. We'll be at FlameCon this weekend. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we'll be at FlameCon this weekend if you want to find us. If you've ever wanted to meet us, or if you're going to FlameCon, we'll be trotting along, yeah. checking out the sites of FlameCon, the biggest LGBT comic con ever. So, okay, yes, I'll talk to you later. All right. Okay, bye. Bye.